The first thousand days of a child's life is a once-in-a-lifetime window of brain development. This is when the foundations are laid for future learning and growth. And for children to receive what they need in this stage, parents and caregivers need support, encouragement and information. We believe churches are well positioned to be that community around families. Churches, whether big or small, rich or poor, can play a part in seeing that all children get a strong start to life. This is the Sukunya podcast aimed at helping you take those steps in strengthening families. Visit www.sukunya.org.za to find out more. features of First Thousand Day Friendly Churches is that they create a community and space where families are warmly welcomed. They ensure they do what they can to draw families into the life of the church and not send them out until their child is older. Listen into this lunchtime conversation hosted by Sakunya exploring ways that church members can be part of that community that warmly welcomes families in. So today we're looking at Psalm, six, uh, Psalm 62, five verse, verse 5 to verse 8. I'm going to share my screen with you. Psalm 62, 5 to verse 8. Yes, I must find my rest in God. He is the God who gives me hope. It is surely true that he is my rock and the God who saves me. He is like a fort to me, so I will always be secure. I depend on God to save me and to honor me. He is my mighty rock and my place of safety. Trust in him at all times, you people. Tell him all your troubles. God is our safe place. Oh, sorry, God is our place of safety. Let me pray for us. Dear Lord God, I thank you that um, we can come to you and that you are our place of safety, that we know that we can come to you with all our troubles um, and that we can lean on you, that you are our fort that we can go to. Um, I thank you that in these times of uncertainty with COVID and people being unwell, I know that we can move towards you, um, that we can lean on you as we do go about our day-to-day -day business. We can bring all our troubles to you, all our concerns, all our worries, we, all our burdens, and know that you are a place of safety for us. Now, thank you for this time. I thank you for the, that we can all meet together from various parts of our beautiful country to look at how we can create warm and welcoming spaces for moms, for dads, and for children in our churches. And I pray that you would be in our conversation, that you'd be leading and guiding us, and that you would be speaking into each of our situations where we find ourselves and see how we can care well for the families that you have put into our, into our hands. I thank you for this time. And I pray that you be with us. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to hand over to Bryony to take us through to the next part of today's conversation. Thanks, Ruth. And welcome, everybody. It is absolutely amazing to see how many people can join us for a lunchtime conversation. I think this is probably one of the biggest we've had this year so far. And I think that might be because we're seeing creating warm and welcoming spaces in our church is so key to making families feel loved and seen and supported. 
Um, so we're continuing the series of conversations uh, where we're discussing the different parts of being an FTD friendly church. Um, and so today we're focusing on the creating warm, welcoming spaces. We have already done a love. Um, we've done surround families. Uh, we've done collaborate and refer, speak up. Um, and so equip and prepare, we've still got to do, but there's a few left over, but do go and have a look at our, um, our lunchtime conversations on our websites underneath um, the caring for families. You'll see that we've got some reviews or our PDFs around what we spoke about in those sessions. Um, but today, lunchtime conversations that we're talking around uh, to enable loving connections and how we can be first thousand day friendly within our churches, within our context and within our communities. And so looking at what is a warm, welcoming space, um, I've got a bit of a challenge, I guess, to ask ourselves today is, is your church a place where mom, dads and families love to come to each week? Um, and I think that's something we just maybe need to sit and reflect for a bit and just say, is our church actually that place? Are we creating warm, welcoming engagements with mom and dad? Like, are we making them feel warm and welcomed when they come in? Are we making them feel loved? Are we making them feel seen? Um, and so when we look or think about warm and welcoming spaces, I think we probably all tend to think, okay, it has to be the structure of the building. And if I don't have a good structure that's looking warm, then families aren't going to feel welcomed or loved. Um, but I want to say today that that's, that's not what um, creating warm, welcoming spaces has to be about. It's more around how do you make mom and dad or the family feel when they're in your space? So whether that's a, they attend a Sunday service or whether they come during the midweek, um, what are we doing to help them feel loved and seen and welcomed? So we're just going to have a bit of a discussion now of saying, what do you think creates warm, welcoming spaces? So um, as we, we talk, I'm going to say in the chat box, if you want to write some answers or if you want to unmute yourself and shout it out, please do. We're going to say, look at what are, what are the elements of warm and uh, welcoming spaces. So we're going to look at emotional safety versus physical safety or emotional welcoming versus physical welcoming. So would you like to just kind of shout out, and we're going to put it in here, um, some ideas around how you can make a mum or dad feel emotionally safe in your space. If you have examples of anything that's actually working in your space, please do share with us because we'd all love to learn from one another. Um, and what are some examples of mum or dad feeling physically safe or physically invited into your, into your church? And again, if you have examples, please share with us. Um, does anyone want to start uh, with any ideas? of how you can make mom or dad feel? Should we start with emotional? How do we, what are the key ingredients for emotional safety in our churches? Uh, Brandy, I think uh, warm greetings, friendly greetings. Before yep. we have nice um, hugs, but I don't know about that now. <laughs> we'll have to do the shoulder bump. <laughs> but yeah, nice uh, friendly hugs and warm greetings to the parents and the families in our church. Okay, thanks, Desiree. So, and with that, as a church, do you have someone responsible to do that each each Sunday or during the week to say, you know, hi, welcome in, and they're specifically looking for the families in the first thousand days to make those families feel welcomed. I think that's a, a gift that some people in our church can have and they can serve the church um, to be able to... Uh, 
singling out the the families in the first thousand days to make them feel like they they are invited into the space. Um, I see Mukumbi. Have I said your name right? What are you thinking, Apostle Mukumbi? I'm not sure if Apostle Mukumbi can hear me, but um, Flora is saying, as a person, it's your facial expression. Couldn't agree more, Flora. It's how, whether you smile, whether you're looking like a little bit grumpy or tired, or maybe you're standing there yawning. Um, you know, it's how do we actually still show warmth and welcoming through our through our facial expressions? And I think um, also with, as you mentioned, the Sharit Soleil with lockdown now, we're all wearing a mask. It's, you know, we still have the power of, of warmth in our eyes. So, you know, showing uh, happiness, joy, welcoming through our eyes. Um, and we have to be very conscious with that. Um, it can also be through our words. Um, are we Hi. using Hello. positive words? Hi, Apostle. Mkumbi, how are you? I'm finding new Ruth, and hi to the family as well. Um, I'm sorry I was, yeah, um, in terms of responding early. Um, yeah. So I think as, 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 as human beings, and mostly at this point in time, as the... Uh, Christian families that we've developed ways and means of creating uh, each other. And I'm saying this because uh, about a week ago, um, I, you know, we had an unfortunate incident. One of the family members who lost, uh, well, it was the mom that lost, I um, mean, that died and uh, left, um, you know, the the family, um, young kids, and uh, so in, and 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 what they would have, you know, wanted, um, what they requested was hugs. And we all know that that is not allowed at this point in time. But like I say, that as human beings, if, 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 if they wanted to do that, I allowed them because we've been in a lockdown for over a year now. And there is that spiritual corrosion now from people. You know, people are feeling neglected. People are feeling down and out. And, and worst of all, there is a mommy also in the family that, um, that needs love. You know? so, and what we're doing is that, of, of course, if a person allows that to happen, you know, um, you know, we, we, we do shake hands and, but if a person feels that, no, um, I don't feel safe, you know, we'll do the easiest way now of, you know, creating with other using shoulders, but the love and conversion and um, people are feeling very, you know, empty, you know, they're running on empty. So when they see you as a pastor, they see, you know, you know, a, a, a tank of, you know, of, of water, or if, if you want to call it that, you know, that will just, you know, fill in their spiritual vacuum and, and, and feel, and feel happy and, 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 uh, you know, encourage again. So it's, it's a very dicey thing, Ruthie, and I'm not sure if the other pastors would also concur, you know, so people want to greet, people want to hug, and, but we all need to be very cautious of the fact that COVID is here and people need to be a bit safe. But that's what I did last week, you know, it was a somber mood. So, yeah, we hope uh, our God has uh, never deserted us. I, I don't think he will start now. Mm. He's always been a great God. So, you know, so that's, that's basically what I did. And also with the families that uh, I was entrusted to look after, including my own family as well, because I think we, we tend to forget that um, when all these things are happening, um, you know, I've got, I've got a 16-year-old, um, I've got a 14-year-old plus an 8-year-old. So when all these things are happening, most of them are new to us. I know that they've got a, a biblical reference that you can reference to, but in most cases, these are new 
you know, things that are happening in our lives. We also confuse. We also need to be supported. We also need to be shown love and things like that. So, yeah, it's a bit, um, yeah, it's a bit dice. So, yeah, I'm in Johannesburg um, under the Old Apostolic Church. Uh, I'm in Johannesburg, West Rand. At least West Rand is uh, represented as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. Thank you so much for your thoughts. And I think I picked up a few things in that. You know, one is that when we're experiencing grief and loss within our congregation, how are we able to still show warmth and welcoming and love and safety, even though you can't give a hug at the moment and you can't you know, just shake hands. Um, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges at the moment during lockdown is recognizing we do still need that that warmth and love um, and we just got to find other ways to be able to show that if we can't hug um, we're all hoping that we're going to there's going to come a time where we can hug again and you can show those families warmth and um, yeah just affection and comfort in those times um, but I think also what you're saying is key is that the other ways we can do it is through the words we use we can make sure that our words are positive. Yes, you can do the, the shoulder bump or the elbow bump, um, but there's other ways we could do it, whether it's through letters, um, whether it's through drawing pictures of you giving them a hug um, and putting it on their doorstep. Uh, there's other ways we can convey hugs and comfort. Um, but also what you mentioned is in order for our church environment to be one that is warm and safe and loving, I think you're quite right that the leaders of the church also have to be in a space where they, their tanks are full and they're also feeling warm and safe and loved by others. Um, and so we do, as Sukunya, really encourage that you um, do self-care and seek um, support where you are needing it in order to be able to pastorally care for your your congregants um so thank you so much for sharing that and yeah we're recognizing that we're all in a unknown territory at the moment with COVID and having to uh, work through that but that's why we we have this time so we can all connect um and share these experiences and, and hopefully learn from one another as well um so thank you for that I see in the chat box we've got um Serena, you said acknowledging them and providing assistance during the service. So um, that's I'm guessing that means as they come in, you acknowledge, say hi, and then offer them uh, support if they're carrying bags or carrying the the push chairs or prams or um, showing them to a chair. And so yeah, that does make someone feel welcomed and seen. Um, welcome, uh, Bishop Mali. It's nice to have you with us. Um, Silane, you're saying taking them. Sorry, telling them that they look beautiful or handsome, that's true. Yes, very, very true that they want to be able to know that they are looking good. And Nongtalo, um, uh, welcome. It's nice to have you with us. Um, and so we have quite a few things coming up here. Is there anybody that's that's found something that they've done to make a family feel welcome that's actually worked for them that they'd like to share an example of what they've experienced? Um, I know... Uh, in we've had one pastor share with us that he used to, you know, being on time, they used to say that you had to be on time to respect uh, the, the leaders, to respect your fellow uh, congregants, and, and that if you weren't on time, it was showing disrespect. So he'd often stand at the, the door kind of scowling the families who were arriving late. Um, and then after hearing actually how to love and support a family and make them feel welcome to coming in and recognizing when you have um, 
young kids, it's actually pretty hard to get to places on time, right? When you're carrying the bag and the pushchair and the, and the baby's crying, but he actually started making them going like, well done, thank you for coming, even though you may be late, like actually encouraging them that even though they were late, they still arrived. So does anybody else have any other examples of that, of what's worked to make a family feel welcomed? Um, if we're looking at emotional safety, um, Brioni, I just want to say that um, the leaders should try and be um, the well, part of the welcoming team hmm. you know, so they can see who are coming in and just greet them warmly. Um, and I think what is also important is to, after the service, also try and be available when people leave when you have more time to perhaps inquire of someone who you uh, feel, you know, it's not sort of um, going through a good space. And, and also I find, um, you know, once the funeral is over, I believe we need to continue showing love and compassion and care. You know, sometimes we just do the memorial we say goodbye and that's the end of it. But I think people take, you know, um, everybody grieves differently. So it's always good to just be a year um, and yeah, be there for people uh, for a while anyway. Yeah, thank you, Joyce. And you're right, it is, it's that continuing of care to show that they're still, that the compassion and the love is still not just stops at that time of the funeral, but actually it's a continuum because grief can take a long time to process. Um, but also, as you say, with the leaders um, investing in the family as well and re recognizing the family walking in, it really makes um, the, the families feel welcomed. Um, I'm just seeing a few more. Uh, Masilo, you said sending and preparing birthday cards for parents and children. Yep, that's definitely to be seen. It's definitely being seen and recognized on something as special as a birthday. Khonse, uh, you're saying meals and tea or snacks after church service. That's also making your environment warm and welcoming. I know a lot of churches do that, but with lockdown, it's been a lot harder to be able to serve um, tea and create those spaces to connect. Um, but we can be looking beyond lockdown at the moment of what we can do when lockdown changes. Um, so let's think about physical safety. So we've spoken a lot about emotional, so that warmth, that feeling of warmth, like as someone arrives and they feel like I'm, I'm welcomed here. This is where I want to be. I want to come back. Um, if we look at the physical side of it, just in terms of our buildings, um, what can make a family feel safe to bring their baby to church? Um, is there any ideas? Does anyone want to unmute themselves or... Um, Masilo, you've raised your hand. Would you like to unmute yourself? Yes. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Afternoon. For me, this is the most difficult one because in my church, I don't have space that much. And I've seen uh, when a child cries during a service, the way people look at the mother, the way they sometimes look at the child as if you... So as a result, the poor mother will have to go out or... And, and and tomorrow my my no longer coming back to church because they will keep saying my child cries at church and because we don't have a space so it becomes a bit of a challenge on my side 
and I would have loved to have a space where mothers can go when, when the child cries or want to change the nappies or want to breastfeed the child so that they can have a space where they can sit and do whatever they want to do with a child. Thanks. Mm. So, Ms. Um, Lu, can I can I ask you a question or challenge you on that? Is is it a, is it the fact that you're needing a separate room for mum to go to when baby is crying, or do you think it's something around how we can um, make our congregants aware of how to lovingly support the family, so when the baby does cry, that they don't give those funny looks or um, you know, that they, they'll frown at them, but rather that when they're hearing, I mean, I would love to see that even in small churches that have one room, if mom is struggling with baby because they're making a noise, I'd love to see another member of the church stand up and maybe take the baby from them and um, yeah. you know, calm the baby for them. Or And that's the kind of environment that makes a mom feel welcome that even though her baby is um, crying or, uh, yeah, disrupting the service that the, actually the congregants around or the family around her and will come and support her. Um, do you see that as being a possibility in your church? Actually, that one, that's the first priority to, to space is not, a, I don't think space is a solution. The space, uh, the, 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 the priority for us is to change the perception and attitude of our congregants towards a uh, young children, especially when either they are playing or crying or whatever they are going through, a space becomes secondary, actually, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And even in your small space, I think we do often think, you know, you need to have many rooms to be able to make a mom or dad feel welcome. But even if you had a chair or a couch in the corner of the room um, that can be specifically for mom to go sit and breastfeed or just to move away slightly from, you know, where, where you're speaking, um, you can still make the small spaces that we're in feel safe, physically safe, but also emotionally safe. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Cause I think that's one that um, many of us think is if you don't have a spare room or um, your church is not a certain size that you can't uh, create these spaces for, for mums to feel um, welcomed in and um, with their babies cry. Um, so what else can we do to make um, environments, it, it, our physical environment feel safe for the baby? What could we do to, to make, for example, how do we make dad feel welcomed and included? Or um, what can we do around uh, looking at the physical aspects of our, our building as well? Does anyone else have some ideas around that? Um, yes, Jose? Hi, Bryony. Um, I don't know if it would be permitted at the church, but what I was thinking is that we could, um, you know, kids sometimes, they do not like to be in one space for quite a long time. So I think having a playroom as well, um, have a Sunday school teacher or a youth um, person who will be able to, you know, play with the kids during um, the church service and you know offer storybooks read um biblical storybooks to the kids you know it's i, I think that one it's also um the plan that um it could work for for, for the church as well because sometimes mm -hmm. it may be that the baby's so frustrated we always sit it for hours and hours and the baby wants to go out and play and that would be the other reason why the baby's crying it's not preferably that the baby's hungry so it might be that the baby just wants to go and play yeah Thank you, Francie. And so if you do have the uh, capacity or the space to be able to have a separate room, um, as you're saying in your church, it is 
um, it's great to think about how can you use that room for parents to go into, um, you know, as you're saying, to read books to their baby or because um, even at the age of 10 months, you can start reading books and pointing to um, pictures and words and numbering and all that, that you can actually start developing baby's brain. Um, and so you could create a room where moms and dads can go into with their babies and have some kind of engagement with them that uh, even though they may be missing out on the, the main service, that they're still being uh, ministered to in a way, and that so are the children. Um, so thank you, Hanse, for that. And it is looking at if you have that as a possibility that you have a spare room, is how are you using that? How are you facilitating that room? What is in there? Um, what, for example, you mentioned toys. Um, what toys do we have in there? Uh, are we making sure, and this is a separate thing, are we making sure that even that room, um, that the toys are safe and not choking hazards or um, that you're covering up the plug points? And, um, yeah, and also just simply, do we have child protection policies in place around the, to make sure that our children are safe who go into, whether it's Sunday school or the youth? Um, but thank you for that, Hanse. I see, Janine, you want to share with us your thoughts? Yes, um, first of all, I'd like to greet everyone. Um, good afternoon. Um, my point of view is just that um, I would agree with most of the points that has been making. Um, and firstly, I would like um, for us as leaders of the church to, to make parents feel more welcome with, with the time they set foot in the church. Um, my English is not so good. I'm actually African speaking, so I'm going to try. By the most important thing- want to thing speak in Afrikaans, go for it, and then someone can translate for us. No, I'm, I'm going to try, Ruth, is fine. Okay. The most important thing for me is um, asking, how are you doing? How has your week been? Um, because most of... Um, Mothers with small children, they don't come to midweek services, and so they only attend Sunday services. So you haven't maybe had time to, to connect with that mother or father during the, the week. And so, first of all, I would like us leaders to, to, to make them feel welcome when they come on the Sunday morning and ask them how are they um, themselves. Um, mostly, some people focus on the, on the well-being of the baby. So I would prefer to ask the mother or the father, how are they? And in terms of creating a separate space in church for, for, for a specific um, people or, or a mother with a small child, um, that is something that's going to drove the mother away from the service. So I, I don't agree with creating a separate space. Um, um, People in church, um, the congregants um, must just have that ability to, to just reach out. Um, mothers with small children, I, I, I see in, in most of the times they get frustrated because they feel that they have to cope alone with, with a baby and so on. So if someone in church would just allow um, the mother to enjoy the service, by taking the baby from the mother, and even if it's just for two or three minutes, just for the mother to just have that connection um, with, with God and, and, and what's been said um, in church and so on. So yeah, that is um, basically what I wanted to say. And in terms of when children 
started on the age of two years old, then you have a Sunday school teacher, um, someone who you are set, was set aside um, to keep the children busy. I totally agree with that because that is what we are doing in church, um, especially on a Sunday morning. So yeah, um, just let mother and father both feel welcome and, 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 and appreciate it when they come to church because um, I experience in a lot of, of, of situations that we neglect the father, especially the father. And mm -hmm. um, I would encourage everybody to just communicate with both, um, both mother and father so that they can feel when they go back home that today someone just reached out to me and, and made me feel better. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. thank you for Thanks. the opportunity. Appreciate that. I know Ruth has something she wants to add to that. I'm sure Ruth, do you want to share with us? So I'm I'm loving this conversation. Just some thoughts around what's been said, um, and I think um, everything that he's been saying is 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 so good. And I think it's really important about reading our context and understanding from our parents where they're at. But one of the ideas that we had in our churches around like if you did have a separate room for the parents, I love what you're saying, Janine, about, but you, if you send the mom there, then you keeping her away from the service. And I know in some churches, they have the capacity to have something screened there and you can hear the audio, but even in that, it can be quite difficult. If the children are very noisy, it can be disruptive um, and nobody can really follow what's being said. Um, and so one idea was actually with these leaders or hosts, if you had a team that could potentially do something with the moms and dads in that room that they could have a devotion time or a Bible study time or teaching that is tailored for that chaotic space where baby's crying, mommy's feeding, um, there's a toddler running around, throwing a toy around that we can actually engage with them and still do some spiritual input and praying for and engaging with moms and dads in that space where they feel welcome and it's okay if my child makes a noise and throws a toy um, or if I'm breastfeeding. Um, that it's it, it's possible if you've got a group of children, mothers and a space that they're not feeling alone and sent into a room just to look after a crying baby, but it's being facilitated, it's being hosted, there's somebody there looking out. Um, I would caution against, I've got a, a, a wax and wane between taking baby away from mom and keeping baby with mom. So there are occasions when it's really helpful to say, mom, can I just hold baby for you, especially if it's a trusted relationship and it's a trusted friend. Can I hold baby so that you can enjoy the worship and I'll rock baby so baby can sleep? But at other times, it's actually really good to allow mom or dad to be with baby and say, how can we do stuff with baby and mom together? And, and that there's a joint. So there's a balance there. I don't think it's a right or wrong. I think it's just trying to find the balance of when do we keep baby and mom together and dad and baby together? And when do we take, is it okay? Can I take baby and you sit and enjoy the service? And so I think as leaders and people caring for families, we need to ask them what they want and what would be most useful for them at this time. Because some mothers don't, like baby doesn't want to leave, baby's going to scream if you take him off me right now, baby just wants mom. And so there's a balance in how do we do that and how do we help mom not to feel alone in that space. So trying to read the situation. Sorry, Bryony, I said too much there. Over to you. Well, thanks, Ruth. Um, so I guess it is around um, 
basically like how are we making our church venues, whether it's small, whether it's big, whether you have one room or multiple rooms, how are we making families uh, want to come back? And I think that's probably the question we need to keep asking ourselves is um, are what we're doing uh, to make it a warm, welcoming space actually encouraging families to come back? Or is it making young families stay away? Um, and specifically within the first thousand days where it is already harder for families to get to church because of all these things like, is my baby gonna make a noise? Or you've got sleep routines, all of that. How are we making those families actually want to come back to church? And I think that can always be your, your guide as you as you look at what are you doing during the week um, you know, and making your, your space warm and welcoming during the week, whether it's for mums groups or dads groups or um, life groups or uh, home groups, um, you know, or what are you doing on a Sunday? So if you are able to meet in person again, what are we doing face to face? But also what are we doing via Zoom or via um, online streaming? And so maybe it is just walking through your venue with different eyes and just imagining that you are um, a mum with the baby or that you're a dad with the baby um, and just looking at what things could you adapt what things could you improve how could you um, look at your space in a different way um, uh, as someone mentioned earlier you know having a changing mat available whether it's in mum and dad's toilets or whether it's a space in the corner of the room where mum and dad can go to to change baby um, whether it's a space a breastfeeding space that um your mum can go sit in and you know, what actually fits culturally within your communities. Um, there's no prescribed way, so it is what fits for you. Um, and so the best thing to do actually is to ask mum and dad and have conversations with mum and dad around what would make them feel welcomed, what would make them feel um, like they're at home, where they're just sort of releasing all the tension and going, ha, oh, I'm welcomed here and I'm at home here. Um, and whether uh, you mentioned it, that there's specific congregation members who are standing at the door to welcome them in, um, whether it is that you have a room or a space that mom and dad can go to, um, whether it's even simply looking at the names that we call these rooms, is it the cry room or the, you know, the, the mom's room, or is it, is it making dad also feel welcomed when uh, that room is set up, if you have that ability to do that. Um, and so we do have a resource called Seeing Parents, um, and we'll share that with you just now, but it is a resource on our resources page under the tools for um, church leaders, and it is basically just an idea of how can you listen to what your families are saying within your in your church context to know what, what to do in order to make families feel welcomed and seen in your church. Um, but I just want to very quickly touch on um, some of the the families or situations where uh, th those people who more than likely won't feel welcomed or don't feel welcomed into our spaces maybe they feel a bit judged um, and I think if we're honest with ourselves we need to we need to ask how are we um, uh, making these people feel welcome and I'm going to say whether it's teenage mums whether it's single mums whether it's unmarried parents um, whether it's a father who's left the family and not stepping up into his fatherhood role how are we making uh, this other, uh, so it's not your nuclear family, it's different you know, shapes of families. How are we making them feel welcomed? And I don't know if anyone wants to share their thoughts or feelings around this. And if you have an example of in your church, um, how you've uh, adopted or adapted things within your church to be able to welcome in, uh, for example, teenage mums or single mums. 
Does anyone have any thoughts around this? Because I think this is the one topic that challenges us the most, um, is how do we do this in our church setting when, um, yeah, when we live by the gospel and um, you, but also wanting to create a, a place where those mums and dads, when they need it the most, actually feel welcomed in your space. Does anyone want to say anything or is it a challenge that we all need to think about for the next week? <laughs> Uh, Brandy, I think um, possibly the sermons as well. Um, I know in our church, um, there isn't really specific things to say. Um, okay, family, Zwanev, the Zwanev family, and things like that. But I think what happens is that um, when uh, we have um, what you call these family days, then we have little games that... Um, it's the Zwane family, it's the Kosana family, and then the, those kind of things. But I think if maybe also the sermons can be intentional to say um, they are focused about speaking about things about families and supporting families, then um, when the congregation hears it from the, the pastor, then I think they, they, they are more responsive to then, um, be more empathetic to families, go and greet them after uh, the church, uh, say hi, how, is, how have you been? How have you been holding up? Those kind of things. Um, yeah, but we normally have these little team uh, building activities where we divide the, the, the families. Uh, and then if you, if you are like the only one, maybe from your family, then you'll go and join another family. Yeah, so those are some of the things that we do. Thanks, Teresa. And as you're saying, it's um, how, yeah, how the congregants is raising awareness uh, within our community, within our congregation, um, around how we make families feel welcomed. Um, and Ruth, did you have something you wanted to add? I just, I know of a church up the road with teenage moms in the community. There's a lot of teenage moms. And so one of the things they've intentionally done is started a midweek group for teenage moms to gather and come together and go through materials in the Bible study and it's a safe space for the moms to to connect and I think that is one way of encouraging teenage moms and moving towards them and showing them love it's actually making a space available for them where they feel safe it might not they might not be brave enough yet to come to a Sunday meeting but they might be happy enough to come to a midweek gathering with other moms in a similar situation. Thanks, Ruth. And I think also um, with Flourish ladies here, you know, it's also something that the church is hosting antenatal or postnatal classes. Uh, you can do one specifically for teenage mums where they're getting the, the knowledge and the equipping of how to be a good mum. And part of that is also you can invite in the dad as well. Um, but as Ruth said, maybe it's a midweek gathering that is at the church. So they are um, feeling welcomed at the church that they would then come to a Sunday. Um, and maybe it is having someone from the church, uh, like a company that's flourish class so that they start to know someone from the church so that that person can then invite them in and say, why don't you come on Sunday? Um, so they then have a friendly face on a Sunday to go to church. Um, is there any other, any other comments or any other ideas uh, that anyone's had uh, or shared with? I know um, we might've mentioned this before, but we have had uh, pastors say that um, by, 
punishing the mum or asking her to leave the church because she fell pregnant out of wedlock. Uh, they didn't realize that actually it's also punishing the baby and the baby is innocent in this. And so being able to see that um, welcoming the mum in actually is creating a, a possibility for the child to thrive in life because if mum feels loved and supported um, then she she will give her child a, a good start to life and so that's uh, what we're wanting in those communities um, where where we see teenage pregnancy as well. Hanse, um, I see you've raised your hand, do you want to comment? Um, yes, um, Bryony. So another thing that I wanted to add is, you know, supporting families also can be about um, creating a food garden at the church. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think that one will also help, you know, to provide meals um, and vegetables for moms to cook for their little ones. Mm -hmm. um, also, they'll gain an insight and knowledge on how to start their own garden at home as well. And if it's possible, um, also for the church to also give, you know, um, um, families who are interested to, you know, to grow their own vegetable garden, to give them um, some seeds, you know, to start. It doesn't have to be something big, but even if you can just get some seeds of, you know, potatoes, that is something, you know. Uh, I think that way it's going to help. Um, also, it's going to be beneficial for the church um, because now if let's say they want to have Sunday meals for Sunday school children, because children, they get hungry at church. So it's going to be easier, you know, to create the healthy balanced um, meal for them, you know, having that um, bath gravy and, you know, um, some spinach, you know, it's a healthy meal on its own. So I think that one, it's going yeah, to help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to help. Yeah, that, that is something I wanted to add as well. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And and yes, what uh, for those of you who've been taking part in the lunchtime conversations uh, for a while, you'll see that we are looking at the different elements of what creates a first thousand day friendly church. And what you just described kind of combines quite a few things. There's the equipping and preparing parents through things like how do you feed healthy, nutritious meals to your children, but also how do you raise an income for the family? There's surrounding um, the families that, as you're saying, you're helping them create the gardens in, in church. And then there's also part of that is making them feel welcomed into the space during the midweek in order to um, come and farm. And so you'll see actually a lot of the six elements that creates a, a first thousand day friendly church actually do kind of feed into one another. So thank you, Hanse, for, for that. And I just um, wanted to quickly share with you uh, to have a look at our um, website. Um, Ruth, are you able to share the website for us or must I do that? Um, there we go. Of where, so this is the guide for church leaders, and under here you'll find the um, the list or the resources around listening to parents. Um, there's also around how to create a warm space for families, um, and there's various different things of how to yeah stir the hearts of your congregation. Um, so I think one of the key things that's come out of today is that it doesn't creating a warm welcoming space does not have to be, have stuff you don't have to have extra rooms or extra toys or um all these goodies it really is around like stirring the hearts of your congregants into knowing or wanting to support families in the first thousand days and making them feel welcomed uh, in your space um 
and we do under the website that was under the resources page there is also one that's called caring for families and there's a lot of practical um, resources that you could send to families um, via whatsapp you know via jpeg or pdf to encourage families as well um, so you'll see the resource page and then caring for families um, and under there there's a lot of things you can send to to families to just whether it's scriptures whether it's a prayer whether it's um, yeah words of encouragement you can send that to them and uh, it starts the the helping them feel well, warm and welcomed and seen in your church there's also the lunchtime conversations that we've had before as well the previous ones that you can go and have a listen to or a read um, and see the, the tips and ideas that we've given for the first thousand day friendly elements. Um, and we are reaching two o'clock, so I'm gonna hand over to Ruth to wrap us up, but thank you all for joining. And I hope you've got some good ideas and practical tips on, on how to, to start the, the process of being warm, welcoming a first thousand day friendly church. Yeah, thank you, Bryony. Thank you, it's such a, Useful conversation, and I I'm, I'm, I'm really believe that there is lots of food for thought. I think as we see churches opening up and um, we being able to gather again, even if we're only able to gather 50 people, the question that's in the back of our mind is, are our young families returning, our new moms, our new dads? Um, are we, Janine, you were saying, are we saying, how are you doing, mom? How are you doing, dad? I think those are so important questions as we greet them at the door. If they're not arriving, how are we moving towards them to encourage them, them to stay connected in community um, and asking them the question, what would help them feel safe and welcome in the space? Especially during COVID, we might be asking different safe questions. Um, how do we ensure that they feel safe? And so I trust that there's something that you can take away from today's conversation and start implementing this Sunday and this week as you try and create a warm and welcoming space in your church. I'm going to close in prayer for us and say thank you so much for joining us. So, dear God, I thank you that um, for each person represented here, for each family that they represent and church that they represent. And I, I thank you that we get to um, partner with you in creating warm and welcoming spaces in our churches, especially for young moms and dads and their little ones. And I pray that you'd help us to be creative and to think of creative ways of and using our spaces, be they big spaces, be they small spaces, to really help families feel seen and cared for, that they are welcome to join us, that this is a space that they feel they are at home in um, and that they are loved and cared for. So I thank you for this time. I thank you for this conversation. And I pray that you'd go with each one of us and that you would keep us safe in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening in today to the Sakunya podcast. We trust it has given you ideas of what you can be doing to support families in the first thousand days. Have a look at the links in the podcast description to access resources mentioned in this recording. And remember to go to sakunya.org.za to find out more and take further steps in strengthening families so that all children can get a strong start to life.